This is the OKC82 Podcast with Chisholm Holland and Brady Trantham on the Franchise Podcast Network. What's going on, OKC82 Podcast listeners? Chisholm Holland, Brady Trantham with your weekly basketball show 2.0. 2.0. Oh, yeah. Second one this week, Double Trouble. A little extra incentive for all you listeners out there. You're welcome. Doing you a benefit here. Uh, but we do have some exciting news. You and I now will be recording every Wednesday for our weekly show. We wrap up the NBA from the press down in the Plaza District, down here on 16th Street. Hell yeah. It's, um, I've been here a few times. Um, love it. Great atmosphere. The food is awesome. Uh, it's got a really cool bar. They've got two bars, actually. So um, Double bar. For all the alcoholics out there. Come I'm on really in. jealous of these stools. Strong stools here at the press. No, it's, it's a, the uh, atmosphere. I'm not much of an interior decorator, but they did a good job, I would just assume. <laughs> You're not much of an interior decorator. No, nah, not really. I've moved a ton in my day, but yeah. I mean, I'm still going to... I'm still going to have like a Bud Light neon sign in my living room, probably. Probably, because I'm just I'm I'm just a simple pleb. Okay, so 1610 North Gatewood Avenue down here in the Plaza District is where me and Brady will be at every Wednesday for lunch, sometime around noon. If for whatever reason you decide, you know who I want to see today, Brady Trantham, every Wednesday at noon. You can find me and Brady here, stuffed in the back. You're more than welcome to come hang out with us and talk to us about basketball while we're here. But we're really excited about this partnership and about hanging out here at the press. Oh, yes. Uh, I had chicken fingers today. Uh, I don't know. If you're rolling your eyes, he ordered chicken fingers. Yeah, I get it. Here's why. They smell good. They look good. Oh, and I, I'm starving still, so <laughs> they look incredible. And what I like about this place is it's a little southern charm on it. They give you a, a side of honey to use as your dipping sauce. Yeah, and you were dipping that shit right in front of me, and it was killing me. Oh, it dude. so good. That's such a southern thing. Like, in Marlowe, everyone eats chicken fingers with honey, and when I got to the city for college, people were like, you do what? Are you trying to weigh 5,000 pounds? I'm like, bro, come on. It's so good. So I was really pumped when I found out. Like, I don't even have to ask. The press just include honey with your... It's good for your allergies, man. Is it? Yeah. Is that a thing? Have you ever heard the uh, local honey thing? No. If, um... So, you're from Marlowe, but how long have you lived in Oklahoma City? Oh, since 2000. 11. Okay, so your allergies are probably pretty Oklahoma City-esque around this area. So if you get honey, I think from it, like within a 30-mile radius, it helps build your immune system. Has to do with the allergies. pollen from the... Yeah, yeah. I've never heard that. I don't know the science. And that makes total sense, though, right? No, like that's always like... I've never actually heard if that's actually true, but it's just such an agreed-upon fact, quote-unquote, okay. that I'm just like, whenever I have bad allergies, I'll go to Sprouts and get... Uh, local honey and just take a little spoonful every morning boom and that helps or is it a yeah, mental thing it's probably a mental thing because <laughs> I, I live in constant allergy like yeah me too every time we do the uh, basketball show on 107.7 from 10 to noon on saturdays 10 o'clock is not early to me but it's very early to talk on the radio because my voice is still like flimmy in the back because of all these damn allergies yeah yeah uh, but no allergies here in the press. Great place. Food is incredible. The bar is awesome. Me and my wife frequent here. So if you're ever like, hey, Friday night, hope I can run into Chisholm Holland, the press is a great place. Great place to take a chance of running into me. It's so yummy. And then, yeah, come uh, come touch Chisholm's head. Don't do that. Don't do that. I encourage it. Uh, all right, so since the last time we talked on Monday, Oklahoma City actually won a basketball game, Brady. They're they won a, two a game. game Two-game winning streak. Hashtag winning streak. <laughs> is this, my first question, is this the longest winning streak of the year for the Oklahoma City Thunder? Nope. Okay, good call. <laughs> good call. Um, now, they've got a good opportunity to make it three. I mean, the Spurs, they're still the Spurs. Um, they're going to be fighting for probably the eighth or maybe in the seventh seed if they win a few more games than I think that they will. Um, it's a road game. It's going to be tough. 
The Spurs have thrived off of beating teams like Oklahoma City, how they are right now over the last few years. Of Yeah, they're not particularly super talented. Um, they're not going to be fighting for the Western Conference Finals. But they beat all the bad teams. And Oklahoma City, you know, for all the improvements that they've made, for as fun as they are kind of to watch at times, they're not a good team. So San Antonio should have a lot of advantages yeah. in this matchup tomorrow night. But the Thunder, what what they've struggled with in the first three or four games. Scoring. Scoring, uh, closing out games, uh, turning the ball over, the offense getting stagnant for far too long, for maybe even in a quarter. Um, they've improved upon it. Now, it's 82 games. They can look like something for a week and then just revert back to just terribly bad habits for – Two weeks. Sure. So you can't just sit here and say, okay, now they're just going to keep improving and keep improving. They're going to have bad nights. They're going to have nights where Shea doesn't score. They're going to have nights where Chris Paul doesn't do anything. They're going to have nights where they don't get Gallinari the ball in good spots, and then their offense is going to struggle to score. Um, but it is it is refreshing to see a team improve rather quickly on th- on like very visible things that we saw that we sat there and said they suck at this. Last two games, they've actually taken care of business late in the fourth quarter. Sure. Uh, they've looked good, and they've looked strong, uh, especially last night and against New Orleans. I, I, again, I, I was on the pregame show with John Hamm and David Garrett, and you know, Dave asked me, what's the key to this game? I said, can they get to 100? Because if they get to 100, they're going to win. And I, I'm not the only person to say that. Uh, defensive slugfest. I would say if you're a Thunder fan, you're looking for reasons to be encouraged, there are actually a lot of them. There's a lot of reasons to think this team is overperforming and can consistently do so. Most importantly, the defense. They're, they were number three in the league in defense going into last night. I haven't checked this morning. I assume that rating has gone up. Maybe they have a jump to number two, but their rating got better off the performance last night against Orlando. Their three-point defense got certainly better, not yeah. necessarily because of what they did. But <laughs> did you see what I put out last night after the game? I did not. They were Orlando was two of nine from the three-point line in the first half. They were one of 13 in the second half. That's not good. It's not good. And That's asked, like Chisholm Holland numbers. <laughs> I asked Billy about it, and he was, you know, he was pretty realistic about it because you see that and you think, "Wow, how did the Thunder not win by 20? That's awful." But then you look at the rebounding numbers. Orlando had 16 offensive rebounds. The Thunder had nine. I think Orlando out-rebounded them total by like 16 or 17. They destroyed them on the boards. But Orlando's huge. Like their starting so five big. is so big. Yeah, seven foot six, ten, six nine. We talked about it last night. Yeah, and the Thunder were relying on a bunch of rookies, like. A, a, Apparently, like Darius Baisley, um, who's like a guy now. He's a guy who's going to be in the rotation. He's a guy, but man, did he look physically outmatched? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But like we said, Orlando's big, um, and then also Orlando killed them at the free throw line. I think they had twenty-seven or thirty. I can't remember if it was twenty-seven or thirty-one free throw attempts, um, and they hit like eighty-six percent of them. So you look at the three-point percentage, and you're like, okay, that, that's good. But Orlando didn't even try to attack them. Like they just took shots, and Billy was like, they missed. They probably missed some that they would have made otherwise. Sure. Terrence Ross, we did a good job of defending. Didn't let him get hot at some point. But uh, you just got to pick your battles. And for whatever reason, Steve Clifford decided, let's let's try to beat them 90 style. Almost worked. It almost did work. Almost did work. But the Thunder, like we said, um, they they closed it out. Uh, they did. 102-94 in that one. Uh, second game that I think Chris Paul offensively has looked better. Yeah, uh, this is... Uh, you know, two games in a row the Thunder have won. It's also two games in a row Chris Paul looked like a good player. Yeah, he, he looked like a useful point guard and looked a little bit more dialed in. Also the most minutes we've seen from Chris Paul this year, 32 in this one. 
Yeah, he, not not by much. No, 30 was his career high. Or not career high. His, his thunder career. high. His it thunder should, high. It should have been his career high. <laughs> and Chris Paul's career high, 32 minutes. It kind of feels that way sometimes. Um, the other thing that stood out to me, besides Darius Baisley again getting into the double digits, which Darius Baisley hype train. I am the conductor. If you would like tickets, they're becoming sparse. There's a resale market. You know, you can go to a third-party website. Maybe you can find some tickets, but they're going to be a little overpriced because the Darius Baisley hype train is totally full. Whatever, Sold out. whatever you just described, they need to get to. Uh, they need to sponsor the OKC82 podcast. They that do. third party, that third party vendor. Yeah, um, but neither here nor there. What I would also say is the Terrence Ferguson, what the hell's going on train? That's also getting crowded. Because you and I, I assume we're on the same page. Early in the year when he struggled, we both went, okay, he struggled at the start of last year too, and then he kind of got it figured out. That was four games last year where he was l- quite literally, by analytical standards, the worst player in the NBA. And this year he started out slow, and we thought, eh, maybe he's just one of those guys. You know, Steven always ends the year poorly. Maybe Terrence Ferguson just always starts the year poorly. Well, now we're a handful of games in, eight if I'm not mistaken. And Terrence, again last night, he just seemed absent. He just, I, I don't know how else to explain it offensively. Defensively, he's still doing what Terrence Ferguson does on some level. I don't think he's quite as good as he was last year. Yeah. But offensively, he just seems out of place. Yeah, and it's interesting because I believe the Thunder's second or third bucket of the night was a Terrence Ferguson, which... Another surprising thing was this first bucket was Terrence coming off of a screen at the free throw line, receiving the pass, and then hitting a mid-range jumper. Like, when have we ever seen Terrence Ferguson do that? Right. And you think, usually when he hits his first shot, he tends to have, you know, his offensive game tends to grow off of that. His confidence kind of goes up. Sure. He hits his wide-open shots. It's like Kendrick Perkins' memorial post-up on the first play of the game. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that never happened. But at the same time, Terrence did a, a fantastic job of chasing guys off screens, uh, like Billy said, not allowing Ter- Terrence Ross to get hot anytime that uh, uh, Terrence was on or Terrence Ferguson was on him. Terrence did a great job. He just seems like a player, you know, three years into his career. More times than not, he's not able to do it on both ends of the floor. So maybe like the effort that he gives on defense, which is great effort, and right. sometimes he'll, he'll get in foul trouble, but he is by far the best chaser on the perimeter. Uh, because Hami is not there yet in terms of chasing guys off of screens and fighting sure. through screens. Terrence can fight through screens. And if he's not getting called for fouls, he's a great perimeter defender. But that effort, I feel like he can't really translate it back to the offensive end other than just being relegated to standing in the corner, which he told us training camp preseason-wise he doesn't want to do that. But that's basically all he can do. So unless he's hitting his shots, and unless you're an incredibly you know basketball savant watcher and you can understand that, wow – He's fighting through screens and denying that particular player the ball on offense. Unless you're that type of guy, you're going to think, oh, he's not doing anything. What is he doing on the floor? Yeah, I guess we're in – I'm trying to preface it by saying I think Terrence has played pretty well defensively this year. He played a great game against C.J. McCollum, um, you know, a few nights ago. And I think he's had some really great defensive stretches. But overall, coming into this season without Paul George, without Russell Westbrook, and a whole bunch of young guys who were unproven, we didn't know where the shots were going to go. And, like, you know, Chris Paul comes in, Shea Gillis-Alexander comes in, but neither one of those guys are quite the high-volume shooters that Russell or Paul were. Yeah. So you knew there was going to be some extra shots, and maybe incorrectly, we all assumed those were going to be going to Terrence, and he was going to have every opportunity to succeed. That doesn't mean that Terrence was going to come and set the world on fire. Yeah. But I didn't think he was going to be averaging two and a half shots a game. I, like, I, thought, like, I just thought that, because that's less than he averaged last year. So he's taking less shots on a team that has more opportunity. That's what I find puzzling, is I thought we might see a change in mentality 
maybe to the detriment of the team. I yeah. thought we might see him struggle offensively, but shooting too much. We're not seeing him shoot at all, which is why which is why I'm so confounded by it. Well, I mean, would you say that there are more ball handlers on this team than there were last year? I think there oh, are. Oh, yeah. yeah there, oh, yeah, There yeah. are more guys on this team that I – because even a guy like Danilo Gallinari, when he has to ISO – I have the confidence that he can at least get his own shot off. Now, it's not the best shot, but he can get his own shot off. Sure. Um, I think that might, have ta- that might take away from Terrence Ferguson because Terrence is a guy that I would consider not able to get his own shot off. Right. When he, t- when he has to put the ball on the floor, unless he has like the idea of I'm just going to pump fake, take a dribble, get a more wide-open shot, which he rarely does, I-, I just don't have the confidence he can do that. Hami is a guy that I have confidence that can do that, at least at this point. Sure. So I feel like with more ball handlers – it makes it more so that he's just going to be a 3 and D, like stand in the corner stationary shooter. That's what he's – when he's good, that's what he's good at. Right. I, I just – if you're waiting for Terrence Ferguson to evolve his offensive game to be another ball handler, you're just – you're going to be disappointed. It's yeah. like the Steven Adams thing. If you want Steven Adams to be an all-star, you're going to be disappointed. If you lower your expectations that's of him – That's not going to happen this year. <laughs> yeah. If you lower your expectations of him to make him a little bit more realistic – You'll watch a game like last night, even though the Thunder got dominated on the boards, but come away with, wow, Stephen Adams, looked, it was his first good game of the year. Yeah, 26 minutes for Stephen Adams last night, too. I'm going to go ahead and circle that of, is that going to be is that gonna be a little bit closer to the average? It should be. Yeah, it should be, I agree, is that we're going to see from Stephen Adams. Um, is my last thought on Terrence Ferguson, and again, it's because some of it, I think it's Terrence, some of it's the organization talking about this in Summer League. I think everyone, and you and I have talked about this conversation before, but just to reiterate it, Everyone has talked about the next step for Terrence Ferguson offensively is to be a ball handler and to be able to attack the rim, uh, be able to dribble drive, and things like that off the catch. I don't think that's it. I I think they might have missed it a little bit. I think Terrence Ferguson's next iteration of his offensive game is moving without the ball and being a catch-and-shoot player instead of a stationary catch-and-shoot player, which is what he is right now. I I think that's the next iteration. And um, You mentioned the very first time we saw Terrence Ferguson score last night was off a screen, ran to the free throw line, shot a mid-range jumper. I thought, ooh, oh, oh, oh. That's interesting. That, that's interesting. That's kind of what I was hoping we were going to see as a transition for him offensively. And, and he then never saw it again. Never saw it again. Yeah. Um, I think, but my point, I guess, is I think that if we're going to see a big leap offensively from Terrence Ferguson, it's not going to become he pump fake, takes two dribbles, and yams on some guy. I don't think that's it. No. I, I think it's going to be a little bit more like that free throw line jumper we saw. And even when he had success in the preseason, a lot of it was cutting like right. without the ball in his hand. And it, it seems so simple, so something has to be up. Something has to be up with the scheme. Something has to be up with his confidence. Yeah. Because we, we'd say the same things about Andre Robertson. Like, why isn't he just cutting – as constantly. opposed to parking in the corner. But, That's a great point. I hadn't thought about that. But then you think about the effort that they give on the other end of the floor, which kind of goes back to what I was saying about Terrence earlier. You think about all that effort they're giving on the defensive end, like – then I realized, okay, maybe that's not that's why they're not busting their ass, cutting. So it's like the opposite of Russell Westbrook? Pretty much. Okay. I actually hadn't considered Which, that. Which, that's, that's an organizational problem. Like, that goes back to the whole, like, it's great to have a great perimeter defender in Andre Robertson. Like, that is a great thing to have when you've got a, a scorer like Russell Westbrook, a guy like Paul George. But the second he goes down, it's sad that you are so heavily reliant on one guy to do so much. That's sure. an organizational problem. And hopefully with this team that they have moving forward with the foundational pieces that are a little bit more interchangeable in that that they can give you stuff on offense, they can give you stuff on defense. It's not completely one-sided either way. Like There's potential for the dif- defensive growth of SGA, Darius Baisley, right. as he gets physically more mature and bigger, uh, Hamadou Dial in the same uh, respect. It's not going to be so one-sided that Billy Donovan, Sam Presti, whoever's in charge two or three years from now, has to 
think. Whoa, okay, we whoa, need because well, I don't whoa, I don't know. Whoever's whoever is running the show. Um, Sam Presti or whoever is going <laughs> to be in charge three or four years from now. Um, okay. They don't have to have the idea of we've got to get a completely one-sided elite defender. Yeah. But to be a zero on the other end. Like you want there to be four or five guys that can do give you something. Right. I think that's why Toronto was so good last year. Is yeah, because they had a bunch of guys that they could had do seven stuff. seven guys who could do stuff on both ends. Yeah. Like, how nice was that? And nobody was spectacular outside of, I mean, of course, Kawhi. Right. And then Pascal Siakam. Well, Fred Van Vliet was kind of spectacular. He was, <laughs> he was on a, He was on a heater, was on man. A tear. I hope, I was what's, hoping, what's he done so far? Nothing. I was, exactly. hoping that he he was, was gonna, I was hoping that he was going to the casinos at night, how hot he was. I was like, this guy just needs to keep rolling with this luck because everything is going his way right now. What did he shoot 43% from the Eastern Conference Finals on? Oh, no, no. I think it was like 49. God. Yeah. He was, he was unbelievable. Um, as far as other notes, uh, Mike Muscala still sucks, right? Am I am I getting this right? Am I doing it right? Thunder Twitter, am I doing this right? Mike Muscala stinks. Uh, from the three-point line, yeah. Uh, four minutes last night, which is not a lot. I couldn't decide if I thought that was – because, I mean, Steven Adams only played 26. So between your two centers, that's 30 minutes. Oh, sorry, New Orleans Noel puts it at 46. Uh, but only four minutes for Mike Muscala last night, which was not a lot. Uh, he's still 0 for, 0 for 1 last night. Just as one a reminder. Of, 1 of 19 yeah, on the season. 5%. Um, just as a reminder, everyone out there, Sam Presti went to his house in Minnesota. Yeah, I just like, like saying that because people get mad about the it. The 1 of 19, it hasn't really affected the Thunder. I mean, Mike Muscala has not shot the Thunder out of a game. Now, that he had that game where he was 0 for 6. Yeah, that was say, that's the only one I can really jump out at. But, me. I mean, the Thunder, I can't, what game was that? Was that Portland? Yeah. That was Portland. Okay, maybe you can make the argument that Mike Muscala <laughs> shot them out of the game because that game did come down to possession. Sure. Uh, maybe one of those possessions could have gone somewhere else. But they're all wide-open shots. Right. I can only imagine how much this guy would get torn apart if Paul George and Russ Westbrook didn't get traded, and he's on that team because Mike Muscala makes a lot of sense on that team because he does have pick-and-pop ability. Right. He just hasn't hit the shot. But if he started off 1 of 19 on a Russell Westbrook-Paul George team, people would be destroying this guy. But Absolutely. no one really cares because the, ex- the expectations are lower. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes, the expectations <laughs> are absolutely lower. Um, okay. Thunder now 3-4 uh, and four on the season, which, depending on where you sit, what fence you're side on, that now puts Oklahoma City with the 13th pick in the NBA draft. Ooh. That's not good. Nope. It's not good, boys. That's not good. LaMelo Ball's not falling to 13. I don't want there to be a ball in Oklahoma City. You don't? No. Oh, I do. I want the drama. No. I want the Thunder to have a two-game losing streak, and all Thunder fans say it's because of LaVar. It's LaVar's fault. Like, that's what I want. I don't even think LaVar would even come here. No, that's <laughs> my point. Is He's going to play no role, but people will blame him. I can't wait. I can't wait. Undefeated. Um, never lost. Undefeated. Never lost. Um, so, congratulations, Oklahoma City. You were actually, did you know this? The Oklahoma City Thunder are two games out of the playoffs right now. Hey, they could al- they're almost the eighth seed in the West. And if they do get a win tomorrow night in San Antonio, who's their next game against? Uh, Yikes. Oh, no, that's true. The Golden State Warriors. <laughs> the potential for a four-game winning streak is there because um, they're not going to win five in a row. That's That Correct. I know for sure because they play Milwaukee on Sunday. Correct. There's Correct. that uh, Giannis character <laughs> coming to town. Um, okay, so as far as uh, the rest of the NBA goes, currently the Lakers are 6-1. and one. We should just coordinate them. 
Uh, NBA champions of the world. Number one defense in the league, which we talked about a little bit uh, on Monday. A little blown away by that stat. Good for them. Here's what I actually think is an interesting storyline. It was just announced a few hours ago that Paul George will likely make his appearance either tonight or Friday mm-hmm. for the Los Angeles Clippers. It's a little bit earlier than I was anticipating. Yeah, I expected at least 15 to 20. Yeah, that was more most. my thought too. Especially knowing what we know about Paul George in terms of his pain tolerance. I mean, the guy played through a lot of pain last year, but you would think on a more established team where he can just kind of easily coast The Clippers in, are 5 and 2. You know, it would be different if they were 2 and 5. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, no, they really need Paul. They're 5 and 2. Like they, and they've already actively sat Ken, um, Kawhi, I almost called him Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick. Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> KL. Kendrick Lamar. Load management. I think Kendrick Lamar would sign with the Clippers if they asked. Yeah. If they asked, he would sign. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that's an interesting storyline going on because that's just really early. And so I don't know if that's uh, we're going to play him and sit him the next game. Maybe they, uh, maybe they alternate with Kawhi. Each of them take a game off. Mm-hmm. You play today, I'll play tomorrow. You play the game after that, I'll play the game after that. Maybe they go back and forth. I'm not sure. Uh, but a lot of the story coming out of Oklahoma City was, you know, what people aren't talking about is that Paul George injury, it's a little bit worse than they thought. He's going to miss some time. You know, he might miss the first 20 games of the year. And really, the Thunder were going to be fighting an uphill battle if they wanted to make the playoffs with Paul George missing 20 years or 20 games. And, I, I, I mean, I bought into that storyline. That's probably true. Seven games, potentially eight at the most, I just think the NBA is going to be turned on its head. I think the Clippers are really going to start running away with this if he comes back healthy. Yeah. Again, like, how good is he, though, when he comes back? Like, whether it be tonight or – I mean, how healthy is he or how how good – How healthy and how well is he able to play? Because, you know, outside of that MVP streak that he went on last year where he was one of the best players in the the world and shooting outside of his mind, I mean, we know Paul to be incredibly streaky. So you add that on top of playing with a a bunch of new guys – um, trying to get the chemistry down. Um, Kawhi Leonard not being in the lineup, maybe. Kawhi Leonard being in the lineup, you know, there's going to be some chemistry issues like who gets the ball when, who gets the ball where. Um, but then you have to also add, where is his health, right? Can he get a shot off? Can he fight through screens? Because we know how physical Paul George's game is. Like, he uh, he gets a lot of his opportunities by fighting through hard screens. I just I don't know, and it, like you said, it's it's a little early for me, and I just don't see why, unless Paul George just simply wants to go out there, because we know how these athletes are; they want to play as soon as possible. Um, just to me, it's I, I'm I'm happy because I want to see Paul George play, and I want to see what this Clippers team look like uh, full strength. But yeah, a little too early, a little too early, a little too early indeed. Uh, Sixers look like they're actually the real deal, and I I. We talked about it. I was like, okay, they're huge, right? Like, okay, they're really, 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 really big. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, really, 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 really big. What does that look like? Does that function? Like, on paper, it makes sense. But Tobias Harris at the three, he really feels like a four in today's NBA. Does suddenly their defense struggle? Oh, no, I'm an idiot, Chisholm. Quit talking. The Sixers are a really, really freaking good basketball team. Um, they currently sit 5-1 top of the Eastern Conference. They're the class of the East. Are they taking that title away from the Milwaukee Bucks? I mean, yeah, I, I, I figured Philadelphia just from a talent standpoint. I mean, their starting five just overwhelms even Milwaukee's from a talent standpoint. Oh, yeah. Um, if you look at the top eight of a roster, yeah. I mean, outside of the Clippers, man, I, I, I just – Philadelphia's talent is just hilarious. Yeah. Like, especially now, in the Eastern Conference. You go look at the top eights. Yeah. Like 
who is going to play in the playoffs for these teams. And tell me Philadelphia is not the most talented team. But you can say they don't fit together perfectly, and I get behind that argument. Just as far as, like, assign a star value next to each one of these guys. Philadelphia is just way more talented than anyone else in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, but okay, I'll ask you this. When we get to game 40, game 60, does unless they make changes, they make a move or two, does the bench catch up to them? Because oh, the fact, yeah. Does not right? having a good bench catch up to them? Because it's not, it's not just that they don't have a good bench. They just have a less than average bench. When Mike Scott's your best player off the bench, that's – yeah, it doesn't bode well. And then you have to add to the fact that Joel Embiid. Well, first is, off, have you heard of a guy named Matisse Thibel? Yeah, I every podcast I loved, talked about. I've, I loved him coming out of the draft. <laughs> I think we had talked about him a handful of times. Yes, yeah. um, and he's certainly playing up to the up to the level that I thought he was capable of doing as a rookie. The guy sure. is incredible defensively. Now offensively, unless he the last game went off, has been pretty Andre Robertson esque, right? <laughs> In terms of his shooting, but I mean, we all knew that coming into as he came into the league. But um, at some point, not having a good bench will catch up to them, uh, especially from a depth standpoint, because an an- a turned ankle here, a Joel Embiid out of shape, a few games or there. Getting a fist fight with Cat and get suspended. Yeah. Which is what happened last night. Yeah. Um, early on, that doesn't affect you. Everyone's got, you know, relatively fresh legs. Sure. But by game 40, game 60, do, are we singing a different tune about Philadelphia while Milwaukee – is a team that has played, you know, a few years together relatively with the same core and have added pieces, you know, on the side. Yeah. It's easier to, to, I guess, it's easier for that to keep going and get better and better, whereas Philadelphia is just going, you know, like full all, all in on just talent alone. If they're healthy, great. If not, I don't know. I just have, a, I just have questions. Theological Dennis Schroeder team? I mean, he helped them. They strike me as a logical Dennis Schroeder team. Who do you take? Oh, I don't think you Nothing? I mean, <laughs> there's not a whole lot to take from Philadelphia. Matisse Thibel. Uh, <laughs> God fits bless. the Thunderbolt. Oh, my God. Oh, no. I hope that's not it. I hope it's not Matisse Thibel. They'll need an Andre Robertson replacement. He's on an expiring deal. <laughs> stop. Stop. <laughs> You're fanning the flames. You're also going to get Thunder fans excited. I think Thunder fans secretly love Matisse Thibel. I love Matisse. He's, like, just YouTube him. There were, like, a bunch of good videos from him when he was at uh, Washington about his upbringing and his life. He's a, he's a very likable guy. Sure. Uh, I'm trying to see what picks outside of their own does Philadelphia own. Uh, they own Oklahoma City's in 2020. We want it back. I, yeah, obviously that's one of those picks that has the heavy protections where it turns into two second rounders if it doesn't. Got to always have protection, Chisholm. Always use protection. Yeah. It's a rule of mine, actually. Uh, they own, own a ton of second round picks, but I don't think helps a ton. They don't own anyone else's, anyone else's first round pick, really, in the next handful of years. So... I mean, other than, like, a Philadelphia first, I don't know. They're tough, too, because they've obviously got a ton of big salaries and then a whole bunch of nothing burgers. Well, I mean, that's going to be the problem for Oklahoma City is, like, they've got players that can help obvious teams, but those obvious teams don't necessarily have $15 million in the the, Schroeder case. Yeah, they don't either have the incentive to help the Thunder out in a potential trade or even really have the assets at all to make it work, whether sure. it be financial flexibility or a, an asset to move. So that's going to be the problem. But this is a good little segue into your NBA doppelganger. Stop. <laughs> He's so, not an ugly man. Like, I know. It's a compliment. No, but this, this is getting out of hand. I went to the studio today, and I was talking to Todd, and he goes, hey, you're not you, – man, I'm so glad you're okay. <laughs> and I, I was so confused, and I was like, What? He's like, you just look really good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm really happy that you're okay. It looks like you're all right. 
And I was like, yeah, I'm great. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Thank you for caring. He goes, well, no, I just thought you'd be walking limping with that knee. And I was like, what knee? <laughs> and then he pulled up the Zach Collins injury report. <laughs> he goes, well, you know, I just said you were out tomorrow night with a knee problem. And I'm just shocked that you're walking around like, I was like, shut the hell up. The Zach Collins thing is gaining steam, and I hate it. Yeah, well, if you just grew your hair out. A little bit longer. I'm going to start shaving my head to get as far just away as possible. grow it out longer, and you, Halloween already came and passed, but all you need to do is get Portland Trailblazer shorts, a Zach Collins jersey, and then put splatter a little fake blood on it, and you could be like, ah, I'm Zach Collins, rawr. You'd look exactly like him. Do I have to roar? Yeah. Well, because it's Halloween. You're scary, and you've got blood on you for some unexplained reason. For some <laughs> reasons that will go unexplained. Uh, all right, Portland, I've said it all year. I think that's the uh, Danilo Gallinari team that makes the most sense for me. Well, yeah, so does the Zach Collins thing, he's out for how long, two two or three months? Yeah. Does that increase the probability that Portland might be like that type of team that I've always talked about where, you know, you get 10, 15 games into the year, maybe something happens, maybe this team disappoints, and then they have more of an incentive to go, okay, we need Chris Paul now, or we need Danilo Gallinari now. Does this move Portland into that category in your opinion? Nah, because I think Portland still won enough games. Again, they are they one of those teams that they were 2-5 and five right now. I absolutely think so. Yeah. Yeah, but I think they're 5-2 and two, if I'm not mistaken. So I think they're doing okay. No Zach Collins, no more Myers Leonard either. No, no, man. They were the stereotypical. They had every tall white guy. They had the, all the attractive guys that yeah. um, um, Madison, they really need Madison was always excited to come see come to town. Whenever they traded Myers Leonard to the Heat, I was shocked that uh, Kelly Olynyk didn't come back in the deal. So that way they keep their average. <laughs> Sushi Meister, Sushi Kelly, Meister, Kelly, Kelly Olenek. Uh, Portland, I lied, is three and four. Same record as Oklahoma City, actually. I don't know what else. Yeah, they're. I mean, the Thunder had a chance to beat them. Yeah. yeah. And the Thunder I mean, had. Golden I, State thumped them, and that's embarrassing. How bad Golden that, State's been. Golden yeah, State beat them with the the G League team. Wait, that wasn't the Draymond Green triple double, or no? The, okay, Draymond okay. Green didn't play in that game. Is he going to play on Saturday? I don't know. It wouldn't shock me if all of a sudden we start seeing that oh, he reactivated his hand. He's out for three Good to six weeks. Good God, the Thunder! Like the Thunder, better destroy this team on Saturday. If if they're in a dogfight, that is that is bad. Uh, all right. So the Thunder are trading for Danilo Gallinari, Kent Bazemore, Nasir Little. What's Kent Bazemore on? A two-year? No, one more year. One more year. Okay. They're both expiring contracts. I don't. I think Oklahoma City does that. I do not think Portland does that. So he has to have a price. Because yeah, Bazemore's a good player. Yeah, like the, Bazemore's going to help them. I think Danilo's a better player, but I think that gap is not big enough where it's worth paying the price, quote-unquote, on this year little. Yeah. I, I, I'm telling you, I think it's like a Hassan Whiteside for Danilo Gallinari. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Can I you mean, imagine if Chris Paul is not moved before that potential trade and you've got Chris Paul's contract, you've got Hassan Whiteside. Do you know who I actually also think makes a ton of sense for Portland? Thunder fans are going to hate this. I think it's Terrence Ferguson. Because he defensively is exactly what they need. They lost They lost Mo Harkless. They lost oh, Alfaro Camino, who were like their wing defenders. And wh- how, why did they lose to Golden State? Because they had a wing who put 35 on them. Because they had nobody to defend. CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, I'm sorry. I like both those guys. They're not defensive superstars. Yeah, They have no one who can play defense on the wing. I think Terrence Ferguson makes a ton of sense for them. Yeah. I mean, it kind of goes back to what we, you and I have kind of talked about a handful of times. Whenever we talk about the young core, we say three names, and Terrence isn't one of them, typically. I don't really consider – I consider him – Chris Paul. 
Chris Paul, Justin Patton, and Nick Collison in spirit. Coach Nick Collison. Coach Nick Collison. Um, Is he a coach or a front office member? He's a front office guy. Front office. He was at practice last week. Was he? Did you yeah. say hello? Uh, no. He was. He was too. Uh, hello, Nick. Did you say, hey, Nick? Will you please say something to to Sam about how boring your banner is? It is your birthday period. It is your. <laughs> it is your. <laughs> Seriously, that's what it looks it like. It is your retired jersey period. Okay, and so all Thunder fans out there who think I'm ragging on the fact that Nick Collison should have his jersey retired, you're correct. But <laughs> on a separate point, you have to admit the banner is lame. I was just saying they should they should spruce it up. It shouldn't just be a white square with a blue four on it. That's so boring. That's so boring. Yeah, I do the jersey cutout. Yes, like I mean. The Lakers like actually put it like in a case. Yeah. So and it's like an actual jersey. I'm gonna pat myself on the back for this one. Now I didn't do the actual Photoshop. I just gave the idea to Chuck Cheney when I used to write for Thunder Digest. I was like, hey, somebody in our group chat. I was like, hey, somebody just Photoshop Nick Collison's hairline and put it on a banner up in the rafters. And it's it's like out there on Twitter if you just like if you could find it. But it's. It's fucking hilarious. It's just his hair. It's like that's what that's what would be great. That would be It'd perfect. It'd be unique. That'd be perfect. I'm all aboard with the hairlines being with the hairlines are just like a silhouette. But I'm just sorry. The white square with the blue four. Like I'm, I, I'm sure the the Thunder Ru- organization. That's a classic look. In ten years, going Russell, back to the heart of basketball. In ten years, Russell's gonna force the organization to be like I want leopard skin, and like flannel, like on my jer- my retired jersey up in the rafters. I want to incorporate that into the design. And they're gonna be like, no, Russ. Like, we've got to make them all look the same. Or Russ is gonna be like, do it. Thunder retire Chris Paul's jersey. <laughs> Depends on how long he's here. He, hey, he, he, can, he might. Up. He might be here for. Do who we knows? do we count the two years with New Orleans? Not like towards like actual stats, but you just know, like in I, quote unquote I, theoretical time in Oklahoma City. I keep. I think we should. I keep wondering because it's such an interesting relationship. Because Sam Presti has mentioned, you know, when the trade went down and he had his press conference, like Chris Paul obviously has a relationship with this city. He started off his career here. Um, He never says, like, with the Hornets. Right. He just, you know, like the connection is Oklahoma City. Now, of course, that's with the Hornets or the Pelicans now. Um, So the Pelicans claim that. But it is an interesting rabbit hole you can kind of talk yourself into. Yeah. How – you know, if it were up to me, and I, I'm a little weird because, like, I'm a huge history legacy guy. And if you can build your legacy, like, Chris Paul, you need, you need to showcase that. Especially, like, after he's retired and we can look back on his career with, instead of, like, he never won a title or he sucks in the postseason or he's an injury concern. After his career is over. that's pretty true, though. It's, it's true. <laughs> but after his career is over, we can really appreciate the type of player sure. he was. And if Oklahoma City can get a piece of that, I think that's good. I think yeah. it's good to. I think if he ends up playing here for this entire season, maybe the year after that, maybe he just ends up being one of those guys who just sticks around here for a little bit longer than we're all expecting. He's doing, a, he's doing a great job of being likable. Now he's had, his, he's had his bad games. He's had his games where he's done little to nothing in the box. But we were score. all expecting him to maybe be an issue in the locker room. No, he's been and a he's complete been professional. Correct. He, um, correct. We talked to him about Billy, and he says he's actually one of the first players that didn't say something like, oh, yeah, Billy's a player's coach, and he talks to me a lot. He's, Chris is like, no, Billy's got a good basketball mind. Like, I like his schemes. He, puts, he helps put us in good positions to succeed. Yeah. And um, I would see them chopping it up at a sh- post-practice shoot-arounds. Sure. They seem to have a good relationship. Chris has also done a very good job of mentoring young players. Talked to Darius, Hami, uh, even Terrence about it. Um, Shea Gilders-Alexander, of course. Like, th- that relationship is obvious. Um, 
he's he's taken the ball and run with it. He could have easily come into this situation and just said, fuck it, I don't want to be here. Right. I want to be with – Shout out Andre, Andre Iguodala. Exactly. Yeah. Um, if you want a comparison, seriously, I don't know how many Thunder fans keep up with like the league as a whole. He's a nwit. Go look what Andre Iguodala is doing in Memphis right he's now. He's a nwit. He literally he's just, not with team. Yeah, just nope. Nope, we're okay. Um, I'll retire before I play for you. <laughs> Um, I guess that kind of goes into the organization. Maybe, sure. Maybe if Chris Paul was traded to the Grizzlies, maybe he has a similar, like, ah, I'd rather not be with the team. Yeah. But there's something here with the Thunder. So, I mean, yeah. pat on the back to the Thunder. Yeah. So, I don't know. This is an interesting conversation. I was thinking about the other day. I was like, what happens if Chris Paul ends up being like, uh, oh, he was there for three years. Everyone thought he was going to be traded, but he finished his contract in Oklahoma City. That would put him five years in Oklahoma City. Much to Clay Bennett's dismay. Yeah. That, that, would put him, that would give him five years in Oklahoma City, and he'd be one of the best point guards of all time, one of the best players of all time. Why would you not claim that if you're the Thunder? Why would you? I, I just think you should. You could do a cool, like, split the jersey in half, half the banner. Yeah, says, like, I, I would assume that would have to be something uh, that they would have to work out with the Pelicans. Yeah. Like, could we co-claim this in some way? Which I would see no problem why the Pelicans would because they do owe Oklahoma City, you know, a thank you. And that sure. would be a good gesture. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's my thoughts. That's a random thought I that's had. That's actually week. a really good random thought. I've never given that, like, outside of, like, because I've always assumed Chris Paul's he's going to be gone by December. Be gone yeah, by the trade I think there's random guys every so often we just assume are going to get traded eventually. And then we look up three years later and, like, and he's still on the team. Remember when uh, Am- Amnesty Perk was, like, the big thing oh, on yeah. Twitter? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it just never happens. It just never, ever happens. <laughs> never, ever happens. But, yeah, I just one of those things I think about. That's what that, If you're wondering, man, I wonder what Chisholm does on a Thursday night when, his wife, with, when he's with his wife eating dinner. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, would they ever retire Chris Paul's jersey? It's that meme of, like, the husband and wife laying in bed and the wife's, like, looking at the husband all, like, what's he thinking? And then the husband's like, oh, man, the Eagles lost. <laughs> Dude, seriously, my wife all the time look at me, and she's like, what are you thinking about right now? I'm like, I oh, know nothing. And she always like, because I'm, I'm always embarrassed because this is a serious thing. I don't know if I did I tell this the Orlando Magic story. Uh huh. Okay, I was walking my dog the other day, and I'm walking my I walked actually to the press and back from the, my house to the press is exactly one mile. So me and my dog walk two miles every morning together. So I'm walking my dog. I don't have my headphones in. I'm just walking, and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking. And then I look up and I'd walked basically the whole way home, and like it just like was like a flash. You know what I mean? Mm. I go, that's so weird. And I realized I was just thinking about the Orlando Magic defense for a mile. <laughs> and I go, what kind of sick, sadistic person am I? Where I'm sitting here going. <laughs> they're all big and they're all long. They're all big and long. They're the number five defense in the league. I don't think that's sustainable. Vucevic is kind of a liability. Jonathan Isaac really projects more as a four long term. they got to either decide between Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac. I don't think they can be on the floor together for very long. That's what I thought about. You know, For 25 minutes while I walked. Three years ago, they had a stockpile of fives. Now they've got a stockpile of fours. Dude, they In three can't years, they're going to have a stockpile of threes. Yep. They're just working, working their way, their way up the number system. Exactly. Yeah. Um, no. that's, that's what kind of lunatic I am, though. Where next, I just think about the Orlando Magic for 25 minutes. The next time your wife asks you, like, what are you, like, what are you thinking about? What's wrong? Just tell, just tell her, have you seen the net rating of the three-guard <laughs> lineup with Hamadou Diallo at the four and Gallo at the five? <laughs> Did you ask about that in practice? Not yet. I'm disappointed. <laughs> I'm disappointed. Hey, they, they ran Gallo at the five last night, and it... Did they have Hami at the four? No. Doesn't count. Don't care. No. Don't care. They got crushed on the boards, but Gallo got his shots off. Good for him. Good for him. All right. <laughs> this is the OKC82 Podcast. Brady Trantham. 
and uh, myself are here at the press down 16th Street right here in the heart of the Plaza District. Uh, great food, great food, uh, great drinks. Awesome place to come grab a beer uh, on a late day. Uh, the bars are awesome. There's two of them here in the press. The Don't be a pussy. Drink whiskey this early. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, obviously a great place to come hang out. Right here in my neck of the woods, one of my absolute favorite places in Oklahoma City, man. Oh, yeah. Um, looking for a spot currently somewhere around 23rd Street. So, I mean, I live in Norman now, so I'm hardly ever in the plaza. But if I do, You're missing get, out. If I do get lucky enough to find a good place in the city – not only will that do so much for my stress levels of covering a team in Oklahoma City, <laughs> especially when the practice facility is on the north side of Oklahoma City. That Basically, Edmund. That drive from Norman is not fun. Um, it'll give me a ch an opportunity to come out here because I love the plaza and I love the press. It's, uh, the food's really good. And on my cheat days, I'll be able to enjoy like those chicken strips that you had. And I can't wait for it because they look so good. And like They've been sitting there for like 30 minutes. you still got half your plate left. I want to eat them right now. Yeah, that's fair. All right, so come in at the press. Come support people who support us, and we appreciate the press uh, for giving us uh, a little bit of love here on the OKC82 podcast. But until next week, I'll talk to you then, Brady. Thank you. Listen to Chisholm Holland weekdays from 6 to 8 p.m. on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise in Tulsa. Follow him on Twitter at Chisholm Holland. Subscribe, rate, and review all the podcasts in the Franchise Podcast Network. The Sam Mays Podcast, All In, Inside OU, OKC82, and Intimate with TV's Jerry can be found in all the places you listen to your podcasts. Seriously, just subscribe. You don't even have to listen.